He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. So they may use your parking lot and not even use your hotel because it's a big parking lot and it has a lot of, you know, uh, you know, and so that, that might be right there. And so, um, and then the, the recognition of some of these kids are really, they, they're like really high, they're, they're drugged up and because often they keep the kids really drugged up just to kind of um, get them like obedient and compliant. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. Staring down the barrel of a 60% permanent closure rate, it's time to fix what's broken. It's time to change the game. The hospitality industry is at a pivotal point. And it's become painfully obvious that business acumen and strategic planning will matter just as much as resilience. There's no shortage of resources ranging from how to apply for loans to how to negotiate with your landlord. But at some point, we will turn our sights towards the future. And when that time comes, we'll need tools and strategies to thrive, not just survive. In the hospitality industry, we fix our own problems. This is no different. We've created a group called the Hospitality Game Changers. It's on Facebook, a platform you already use daily. It's a space just for us where we're tackling the most difficult issues facing our industry and creating solutions. It's updated daily with the most compelling audio, written, and video content to make sure you're plugged into what's going on today and what can help us tomorrow. It's quick and easy and free to join. Just log into Facebook and search Hospitality Game Changers in the search bar. And you're all set. We can't change the cards that we are dealt, but we can change how we play the game. kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. All right, everybody, welcome back to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, and I'm your host, Will Slickers. Today is a very serious topic, a very serious episode, but I'm excited to have uh, this week's guest on the show. Um, my friend Judy here, she's based out in California, and we're going to be talking about something, again, like I said, pretty serious regarding hospitality and, of course, people, humans. Um, this is what we're here to do is to take care of people. And part of that is a topic that I don't think is covered as much in our space, which goes into sex trafficking and awareness. So Judy uh, is based out in California. Like I said, she is pretty much, I would just say an expert at, you know, how we as an industry can really start stepping up our game and becoming more aware of signs and all sorts of other things that are going on in our industry with this. And so Thank you, Judy, for taking the time to come out and be on the show. Um, I'm glad that, you know, you reached out via email and that we got to connect. And now that we're finally here to bring up a, a serious topic into a serious um, space of the industry that I think, like you said, we need to address a little bit more. So thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your um, willingness because this is a tough topic. Yeah. It's hard to hear about. Even our conversation, it's some kind can be pretty shocking. Yeah. and disturbing. And so I always say that up front when I'm educating people, 
because they don't know the, the, the depth of it. And 80% of it happens in hotels. So knowing that, I just, you know, again, I always encourage people like, gosh, if you have to step away and take a breath and, and take care of yourself, because this is a really tough topic. Couldn't agree more. So I, I really like to start out the show with um, having our guests, you know, give us a little bit of your background and who you are and kind of how you got to the points of where you are today with your course on educating the hospitality industry and hotels um, about sex trafficking. And, you know, of course, um, the signs and indicators and all the other stuff that we're about to talk to in the episode. I was born. No, I'm just kidding. I won't go that far. <laughs> Um, you know, originally I'm an educator. I, I started, I was a preschool teacher. I was a kindergarten teacher, always an educator. And then I uh, proceeded to get a degree in you know, kindergarten through 12th grade. I taught college. And, um, and so as I worked at the college, there was a program that was for foster youth to, to educate them on how to transition into like get life skills and transition healthily once they're emancipated. And then with that, I taught uh, foster parents and adoptive parents basic skills in parenting, um, how to parent a traumatized child, et cetera. And so, um, and I continued my education and I got my doctorate in social justice and leadership for change. And that was, um, and that was based, my research was based on how trauma affects brain development and behavior. So, so, um, I did that for years, and then they had something happen in um, California. Prior to this law, they, they had, when, when they found survivors, they used to put them in juvenile hall. And I was working with the district attorney's office. I said, I don't understand. They're not criminals. How can you? And so the mindset at the time was to increase juvenile hall, put a whole wing just for survivors. And I, I, I still don't get it. That seems ridiculous because they were still thinking them, of them as prostitutes and criminals. And so um, then California figured it out. And so they put the survivors into foster care. And that's when I um, was started to um, educate foster parents about trafficking, about because they were gonna get survivors in their home. So with that, I learned so much. And, and again, when I first heard about it, I, I couldn't believe it. And I couldn't believe how prevalent it was. And so then when I started uh, training our foster parents, I was asked to do uh, larger webinars and conferences. And we kind of became a spokesperson for this because I really um, was advocating for these kids. Because at my college, when they extended foster care to 21, we have kids that are still in foster care and they are um, in college and they're survivors. So knowing them personally and knowing their story and seeing what's happened and that's how, how can you not get involved? You know, so yeah, that's, kind yeah. of my, that's my educational uh, job track to kind of where I am and how I got involved in that. Yeah. And so currently now you are, you've created an online course for, there's a certain bill that passed. And so I kind of want to dive into um, if you could, well, Actually, before we get into the bill, I want to talk kind of maybe a little bit like, can you give me some insight? Because when you start getting exposed to this type of stuff with the foster care industry, um, you know, I, I've been a foster brother uh, in the past, like my parents did foster care and we have, we've adopted two of my siblings too. So um, 
when it came into about like, you know, discovering more about sex trafficking and this, you know, just really hard topic. Um, how was a lot of it um, exposed to you? Was it via, you know, just seeing the kids and the survivors or was it what, how did you yourself as an educator of this topic become educated, if that makes so sense? So initially, because we're, we were, uh, I was at a conference for the trainers of foster parents and they had a speaker and they called it CSEC, which stands mm -hmm. for um, Commercially Exploited Sexual Children. But I didn't know what that was. And when she started talking, I, I was flabbergasted. I had no idea. I did not know the extent of it. I did not know the reality of it. I think I was like most people and thought it was happening in other countries. And then when I heard about it, I, um, and then I was mandated to train it, I really, I dove in. I thought, gosh, this can't be happening. And so I, you know, joined a task force with the district attorney's office. I started doing trainings and, and um, some of the police force came and the sheriffs and, and so, and then, you know, because I had a voice, a powerful voice with it, and I had the knowledge base, I just kept getting, you know, asked to do it. And can you represent, can you meet, can you tell our parents, can you? And so, I mean, not that I would choose the specialty of child sex trafficking, but that just kind of, kind of grew organically into that role. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. It's kind of, not to compare apples and oranges, but it's like podcasting about hospitality. Yeah. yeah it kind of just starts happening and things fall into place. So I kind of, I get that. I yeah. understand a different level. Well, um, now let's talk about bill SB dash and what this really plays into. I know specifically for a lot of California people. So any slick talkers out there right now that are listening and you're based in California in the hotel, um, hospitality world, this is going to apply to you, so really pay attention. But um, if you could just kind of dive into what this bill is, what it does, and what the requirements are for the industry. Absolutely. You know, what it, what it is, is a bill. It's um, about getting hotels and people in the, in the hospitality industry, all the employees, trained and educated in awareness. And so um, there's, there was a mandate that this, this came out January 1st, 2020. And so I was kind of rocking and rolling with this and then the COVID happened. So everything kind of stopped. And what it is, is that they just want the awareness because as I mentioned, 80% of trafficking does happen in hotels. So they wanted to make sure from the top to bottom that there was a plan and there was education. So, and, and the, 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 um, the bill also talks about that when someone's hired, they have six months to be trained. And if after that six months and they're not, they can be fined $500 the first time and a thousand the second time. So now you figure you got a couple hundred employees, that's pretty steep. And so, uh, I mean, that, that adds up. So what I did um, is I, I just really wanted to support this because I know in Santa Barbara, we have this strip of hotels along the shore, along the, the ocean. And our biggest time, and we're not the biggest, but one of the increases in trafficking is when the cruise ship comes in. And so it's all those hotels along there. And when, I, when that came out in our district attorney's report um, on trafficking in our city, I thought, oh my gosh. And so learning about what was happening in regards with the hotels um, made me take notice. So the biggest thing is the awareness 
and being in compliance, you know, and, and, and yeah. helping hotels become in compliance as, as quickly as possible. So, so they're not fined and yeah. they can help. Exactly. And even if it like, even if it's just a small boutique hotel with 20 employees, you know, that's mm-hmm. 500 employee to a thousand again for a second time, that's still a lot of money for, I would say even a small, like that's just a lot of money in general. Yeah. So yeah, whether it's a couple hundred employees or just even 10 or more, right. you know, that you're looking yeah. at a couple, couple, you know, quite a few thousands of dollars. So um, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, again, this is like such a hard topic. Like this is something that, you know, we, I, who knows how many times in my past as a hotel front desk agent or wherever that I could have experienced, you know, somebody checking in that was doing this and getting away with it. And who knows how many victims have come across the lobby. And so this is like, this really does bring a light shed of like, yes, we do a lot of great work. Uh, We have a lot of meaningful connections in our industry. Um, I still talk to guests that I've checked in five years ago that I'm still friends with. Like, you know, there's those, all these perks and benefits, but then there's, there's a real dark side of, of this side of hospitality. And, um, so I wanted to know, because you already listed off one of the facts that 80% right. of the trafficking is done in hotels. So right. can you list off some other facts about sex trafficking and how it involves hotels and leading up a follow-up question, you know, how can the staff front and back of house be aware in order to help? Well, yeah, so, so the, the, the statistics are that 80% happen in hotels and uh, 70%, uh, 75% are the bigger hotels you know, the more, the nicer hotels. And the reasoning uh, uh, they that happens too is the trafficker feels he can charge more. He can charge more if he's in a, a nice hotel versus a, a, you know, roadside motel. So that's why they're usually at the, at the um, you know, and so there's still um, a, a good percentage, not, not a whole lot, but that are in those smaller hotels, about 5%, because it's too easy to be caught when you're in a smaller hotel and, and, and you know, pe- people recognize people, you have return guests, it looks more out of place. And so that, that um, is, and, and the other thing that, that really is, is a hard uh, fact is that most of the, in trafficking, the average age of girls being trafficked is 11 and 12 years old. And so that, when you think of that, that's, that's a kid in, in junior high, barely in junior high. And, um, and so that's, that's that age. Yeah. I have, I have nieces that age, you know, I got 11 nieces and nephews. So it's like, that's scary to think, you know, just like that you apply that to like a real life scenario. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, so that's are some of the disturbing facts and it's not just girls, I mainly though, but not, but not solely. So yeah, when, when we first had our pre-chat, you know, you kind of did talk about the, the segment of, you know, boys that are being trafficked as well. Um, yeah. Do you, not that it's important, but what kind, what type of information do you have regarding, you know, with that side? Cause I think it involves, you know, children as a whole, like this is something right. that is, is taking place and impacting a generation of, of kids that exactly. are forever going to be, you know, for, you know, yep. scarred for, with this. So yeah. So the, the thing about the, the statistics with boys is boys don't really talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the statistic on, on uh, um, sexual abuse is one out of seven boys have been sexually abused. And so, but boys usually don't talk about it and they don't tell about that experience. And so typically how boys get into it is they ran away. 
They're mm -hmm. runaways. Um, they're not really like lured or targeted as much as the younger girls, the girls. So um, our other vulnerable populations are foster, uh, foster youth mm -hmm. and our LGBTQ um, population. They're, they're, they're just our highest population in trafficking. And um, I know with foster care, uh, sometimes it is that, that the kids get older and they lose track of them. And, the, and if they're runaway and people think, oh, they ran away again. And so they don't put out the effort to look because they've always run away when in, in fact they were trafficked. And, and um, traffickers will sit outside a, a group home where foster kids are and they'll wait. Hey, how's it going? Hey, you look nice today. And they'll get that familiarity. Hey, it's raining. Do you want a ride? You know, and once they get in the car, they disappear. So, so those are our real vulnerable ones. And um, with boys, again, that the statistic is tough because they don't they don't really talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's typically runaways or introduced uh, through who they thought was a good friend. Wow, that's just yeah, that's heartbreaking. Um, and it, I just think about you know like kind of back to the whole hospitality aspect is that this is a industry that is based off of relationships and mm -hmm. uh, especially with kids that don't have you know solid relationships in foster care those are the ones that are always seeking that the most and so just to hear that that gets taken advantage of is right and, and those yeah are both, it's rough they don't those are kids that don't have the stability and they're looking mm -hmm. for that to fit in somewhere mm -hmm. and so that that tricking and grooming process tends to be easier because when someone shows up that's going to be everything they dreamed of, that is, you know, that they fall for that. Yeah. They don't, yeah. So that's well, the hard part. I, I found it interesting that you said that, you know, it happens that, you know, majority of it is at the bigger hotels, right? So right. Um, it makes sense to me. Like I get that there's, you know, less opportunity or chance to be recognized, get caught, you know, bigger crowd, the better, you know, blend in type type mentality but um for because i've worked in a big hotel myself uh, 716 rooms sixty thousand square foot of event space multiple bars valet room service you know all that type of stuff yeah. um so what are key indicators that staff like i said front or back of house uh, can be aware of in order to help prevent this from continuing uh on in our industry and in you know like if it's 80 percent of is in the hotels um that means we have a huge impact by being able to see indicators right. and you know, potentially save lives. But then this is also kind of a hard part to it is that we can't just go around accusing everybody that exactly. maybe has, you know, cause we're still a business, but then at the same time we are looking out for our, our guests. So I, it's a hard, it's a very yeah. hard spot to be, yeah. especially cause I, I know somebody told me, Hey, I think that person's, you know, sex trafficking. I don't know what, I don't know what I would have done at, at 20 years old when I heard that, you know, so yeah. um, I'm kind of curious to see what um, the indicators are for, for staff. Right. Well, well, even to start that off, when you have some awareness of something, all of a sudden you, you see, think you see it more. And so I know with me, after I had my first, my first course in it, I was looking suspiciously at, you know, because it, it was just this new awareness. So, um, so having said that, you know, if people are, are hearing this, know that that, that, that always happens because your, your awareness is up. But also, um, I can talk later about a plan, what you can do as a hotel to safeguard yourself with that. Oh, that'd be great. So, yeah, of course. So, um, so let's just start in the parking lot when a car pulls up. 
to sometimes, like if a car pulls into valet and you see um, young girls get out and they're dressed older than they should, like they got the high heels, the short shorts, they look out of place, um, right there, that, that's, that's an indicator, that could be a check. And you don't, you don't report that. You're just thinking, oh, um, you know. So, so what you wanna think about is how do all these indicators work together? So, so that's, you know, that's a, like a, hmm, that, that, looks, that looks out of place. And if the um, driver doesn't get out and the girls are just pulling out, so they could come with no luggage because it's just an afternoon, or they can come with a ton of luggage. It's kind of almost either or. And, and even when, um, when, uh, when they park, where do they park? And so sometimes trafficking happens in the parking lot. So if you have a car, um, they, they, they may park uh, way in the back of the parking lot next to an RV or next to a big, you know, bigger uh, truck or something, and they back in. And so um, I saw this happening once where the girl was wandering. I said, you okay? She goes, yeah. And, and, and then you hear a whistle and she'd run over to the car. Said, What's going on there? And so I'm just like kind of walking over. Um, saw a little too much and then, you know, made a call. Uh, but so they were trafficking in the car. Um, so they may use your parking lot and not even use your hotel because it's a big parking lot and it has a lot of, you know, uh, you know, and so that, that might be right there. And so, um, and then the, the recognition of some of these kids are really, they, they're, like really high, they're drugged up, and because often they keep the kids really drugged up just to kind of um, get them like obedient and compliant. So that's a couple of things too, just as they as they drive up. And so it, when they go and check in, um, the statistics with that is that um, uh, it's uh, about forty. It's about forty five percent that the trafficker used is the one that gets the room. And the room is in their name. And so it's not their real name, of course, but that's their credit card with, with their alias. And so um, the room's sometimes already paid for. And so they'll check in and the room's already paid for. They're young girls. Um, oh, my, my, we're missing my uncle. He checked, you know. And so what they found, a lot of the girls said is that no one asked for my ID or the ID had a name on it and it was different than the you know the registration and so and that they just kind of let you know let it slide so a lot of the girls had said that that was their experience there or you could have a girl that has her own you know fake id and has her own credit card and so she checks in for the for herself and that's probably the same amount you know it could be either or there and then you also have the uh the buyer the buyer might have, uh, have got a room. That's less because typically if they're in a hotel, um, they're going to stay there for a while. It's not just going to be one, one person. So that whole transaction, and a lot of times they'll just pay cash. And so seeing a young girl like that pulling out a wad of cash, that too can be like, hmm. And so these are just li like little indicators, you know, that, that, that you know, isn't warrant a call. But if we see this and then we see this and the way they part, you know, it kind of all adds up. Yeah. So, um, so when they go to the room, they typically request a room uh, near the stairs, like, like lower on a lower bottom floor near the stairs. 
And, um, and so that's typically, often they'll ask for adjoining rooms near the stairs because one room will be the, um, where they kind of live and one room would be at the traffic room. So for example, all the clothes and luggage and bags will be there and the other room would be um, where, where trafficking actually takes place. So, um, so yeah, so that's just kind of just as um, on the check-in. And there's also often what happens if, if, if like their traffickers are there for an event, like, like, I mean, the Super Bowl is a famous event for trafficking. They'll, they'll uh, a check-in for one night and they'll keep adding a night, add a night, add a night. Um, so, and that, that, that's, that's kind of the check-in process too. And so, um, is, is this what you're kind of looking for, like the, these these examples? Yeah, exactly. And I I wanted to make a comment on the um, the check-in part with with the ID that you know the prepaid reservation. Um, from my experience, I've and I've trained this you know as a front office manager to my my staff all the time with not just sex trafficking. There's obviously drugs. Um, there's normal, just regular prostitution. There's right. all sorts of other things that go into it, right? Um, but the biggest thing is that there are so many red flags on a reservation if something is actually going down, like that you can really tell most of the mm-hmm. time. Like I, I always tell my, like, there's, you know, in the industry, there's this big topic of OTAs and, you know, commissions and getting more direct bookings. But really, when it comes to awareness of stuff like this, actually, the biggest giveaway is when a reservation is pre-booked, pre-paid via booking.com, Expedia. Uh, I was just going to say that. Yeah, yep. yeah. That, that's the, every time I've had to send security or myself mm-hmm. up to a room uh, for a noise complaint involving partying or whatever, um, those are the biggest ones. Like kids in high school will book a, mm-hmm. a nice luxury hotel room and go party with their underage friends and drink. Or um, again, you know, trafficking, other, other mm-hmm. things like that. And so the biggest thing is a prepaid Expedia reservation or booking.com. Um, and again, there's always an excuse why they don't have the right ID or the credit card with them. And front desk agents, like if you're listening to this and you're a front desk agent, manager, director, whatever, this is my biggest thing. I don't care how long your line is in the lobby and how you know swamped you guys are at the front desk. This is where we need to pay attention the most. And I know I've slacked off in the beginning of my career, um, but from the day on, like I became a supervisor, like every guest you need to manage the credit card and ID, no matter what, that's just kind of a given is not just for, you know, validating, you know, that you're not going to get a charge back, which is a a biggest fear, but how about, you know, managing sex trafficking happening in your property? That's kind of a big, a big deal. So always checking that they match up and never ever allowing cash at check-in. I don't know if I've had so many people in my, that I worked with that would be like, oh yeah, I'll just take, take the couple hundred bucks and not swipe a credit card. That is the dumbest thing you could ever do. You, yeah, you just, you're just letting, you're just opening up so many doors to let bad, excuse my language, bad yeah. shit happen. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's just, yeah, this is my biggest pet peeve. Like, and I'm glad you hit that because it's so many, there's so many red flags. Right. And I know I, I could rant on for it and and all that, but I just think this is the part that we need to be extra considerate when we're doing our job. I know it's sometimes that we get so used to, oh, we have X amount of check-ins, X amount of checkouts, but we really need to start looking into each detail, being aware, kind of like you're saying. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That was my next point. And the other thing too, what a lot of the girls said is that 
uh, they had an ID that matched the, the license or the um, credit card, but the license or whatever the ID said, they were like, you know, 28 and they're mm -hmm. 14 or something. And, um, and these girls are, are, are taught to lie about their age, you know, and so if anyone asks, um, the other thing too, is, you know, a lot of times you'll have a parent that books, a. um, books a party for the sweet 16 or oh. so so that happens too and they'll say oh my parent did this it's my 16th birthday and and so that that too is something that they'll use a, a group of girls being in the same room together makes sense mm -hmm. there's a group of girls so yeah. yeah so it's just things like that in, in that a lot of it can be um noticed in the checkout too um and the other thing i have to say is is when we see these girls and they are in the checkout and they have a fake ID or, or something and you have a red flag, they're, they're victims. Mm -hmm. And if I can bring anything away from this is we need to create an empathy yeah. and a compassion for them, not get out of my hotel scumbag yeah, or like no, you're wasted sure. or whatever, you know, there, there, there's, we've got to be part of that, that solution. Yeah. So, um, and so, and that might be part of, I'm going to talk about how to make a plan that might be part of that plan. What do we do if we know? Can we send? Can we have a piece of paper say, "Are you okay?" You know, and then um, and just and you can. There's things that you can do through all the different places in the hotel to make have that signal. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was going to even say just kind of like a random story, but this brings up to mind. I remember uh, a female guest was staying with us at this hotel that I worked at, the 700 you know plus room. Um, female guest was staying with us, and a gentleman who was her father i do know this for sure now afterwards but at first you know when you have somebody coming up to the desk when it's quiet says hey i need to get to so-and-so's room can you point me in the right direction or make me a key and there's no notes on the reservation saying so-and-so is going to stop by and grab a key or right. nothing like that so i i called the room said ma'am i have so-and-so here um you know um just please let me know you know if this is the person that you want uh to come to your room she's like oh yeah that's actually my dad and I was like, are you sure? Like, you got to make sure like these things. And he, he was laughing the whole time. So thankfully he yeah. was, you know, pretty understanding. But I was like, look, we got to verify these things and go the right. extra steps, even if they aren't like, if in that case, he, the dad could have gotten mad, you know, he could have been like, what the hell? I just need to go see my daughter, blah, blah, blah. Right. We're going to dinner or, you know, whatever events going on. Um, at the end of the day, man, just be a, take an extra step and, and do it because, I would rather say 100% walking away when that guest came down and it was her dad and everything was all smooth and, and gravy. Um, I'd rather be, you know, comfortable knowing that than, you know, sending a person up just because they, oh, my daughter's up in this room and he knew yeah, a room up, you know? Exactly. So it's just, and you'd, rather, you'd rather take the risk of almost like offending a guest versus, you know, having, you know, being a part of that. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the thing too, is hotels used to not be held responsible. And so um, it's just, you know, until recent that hotels are, are held responsible. See, if they, if they um, don't have anything prevention, their staff isn't educated mm -hmm. and it happens. So just, you know, not too long ago, there was like three major lawsuits against hotels from survivors that said, I was there all the time. Why didn't you look at me? It was obvious. And, the, um, and so they, they took the chains to court and they won. So it set precedent for hotels to yeah. say you need to do. And so they're saying too, if they kept allowing this to happen, 
uh, they can be charged with, um, you know, aiding and abetting trafficking. It's a, it's a big, yeah. it's a big thing. So, well, yeah, no, um, so I, that's I, I the totally reality. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge reality. And, you know, there's so many, like, I already know the operations of a hotel and a business like this. So like adding that on top of your plate, is not something you guys want. So no. yeah, it's just, I think um, this is a perfect way to segue, like what as a plan, like how, how can we take these indicators? excuse me, how can we take these indicators that you've given and what can we do to use and create a plan? Like how can we, or at least set up a structure of something and mm -hmm. develop one as time continues on? Right. So, you know, first of all, educate your, your workers. Anybody who comes in contact is what the, you know, the law says. So it could be your pool guy. It could be um, your, your parking attendant. So, so, you know, the education part is first because then you're helping you know, uh, protect your hotel as well. And so like, for example, in the restaurant, um, if you know, if there's a girl that comes in and looks around and an hour later kind of looks around again and keeps leaving, that's an indicator for, for the restaurant. Also too, some of the girls are, you know, they, part of it is they starve them. Mm. And when they, they want to keep them really thin. And so if they're looking in the restaurant, it, a lot of the, um, a lot of the traffic, the survivors were saying how they would go steal tips just mm -hmm. so they could get something to eat or they would steal food off the, off the plates because they were starving. And typically if you're dressed nice and you're that level of hotel, you don't steal food, other people's yeah. food off the plate or yeah. from a, a bus tray or something. Yeah. And so, and so that, you know, in, in the restaurant, other things that, that hotels do, um, aside from having signage in the lobby and in the front door, is in the women's bathroom, they'll put a um, thing. If you're trafficking or you need help, please come to the bartender and order this drink. Mm, it will yeah. be a certain drink. And so, and then, but they change it up, you mm. know? And so if they order that drink, they'll say, hold on, and they'll call security. And so they'll, they'll you know, help there. Um, and so, and so uh, you know, carding people that come in and really looking like, you know, this 14-year-old is certainly not 25. You know, and, and that's all stuff you guys do. Uh, most hotels would do anyway. Um, yeah, if we, we hope. See, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, we, if we see them, you know, popping in and out of the hotel, I mean, into the restaurant and, and um, you know, uh, night after night, same girl, different guy. That's, you know, one of those things. Yeah. And so what, what you could do as a plan, too, is once everyone's educated, you can say, I, I saw a red flag. Mm -hmm. I saw a red flag as this and this. I saw a red flag because then you're putting all the information together and yeah. then it starts to make sense. And it's not, oh, well, so-and-so said, so we better do it. Mm -hmm. um, your maids are front line. Your yeah, house are, are, are front line. And so what happens a lot is they order a lot of extra towels and linens and just ask to have them left at the door. And so maybe several times a day. And so, um, and then, uh, and then they, if they do have come in that the maids, if they notice one room is thrashed with shoes and makeup and clothes and other, and the other room is empty, or if a maid comes in to clean and there's several girls in, hiding in the bathroom, they say, we don't need the bathroom done. And there, there's a group of, you know, young girls in the bathroom. I mean, they probably, she probably won't see him or he, I shouldn't, you know, um, but, uh, but they can hear him. They can hear him. And so the reason that it was really difficult before this all kind of came to light is often the traffickers worked with, um, with the, with the uh, housekeeping. 
And so what would they would do is they would um, tell them to don't say anything, you know, be quiet and would pay them pretty handsomely. And so, uh, so th that was what was happening um, along our, our strip before we kind of, kind of came to light that, that there was a few maids that were, you know, making a lot of money. So if you make 500 extra dollars a week just by not saying anything, you know, you, that's great for your family. If you, you know, a bunch of kids or, you know, anybody, you know. So, um, so that's the whole thing too, is the maids and then the room service. If there's only supposed to be one person in there and they're ordering, ordering food for eight or, you yeah. know, something like that, or they're ordering, you know, a lot of alcohol set up to the room and other things too. And in the, in the service is, uh, is there, a, is there a lot of drug paraphernalia? Is there a lot of liquor, um, looking like liquor? And then the other thing that's a telltale that, that, uh, what, how a lot, a lot of the traffic survivors got rescued from hotels is the enormous amount of condoms in the trash can. Yeah. You know, so that little thing's like, wait, this is, this is very unusual. So, you know, things like that. Um, and then out, you know, out, um, what's going to happen too is a lot of the girls won't make eye contact. They will just like look down. They won't make eye contact with you. They won't make eye contact with the people working at the pool. Um, that was uh, one of my friends was, at a hotel and she had never even heard of trafficking. And so they were in the jacuzzi and they got in the jacuzzi and there was this older man and this girl and she's looking down. He said, oh, this is my niece. She's really shy. She won't talk. So they were chatting and, and looking, you know, and so um, they get, went to get up the, un the uncle and uh, he grabbed his towel and said, shoot, I, I, left, the, I left the key. Did you bring a key? She, no. And so he goes, um, come on, come on. I got to run over to the front desk. And so they go, we'll, we'll watch her. We'll do, we're just, this it. we're fine. It's right over there. And as soon as he turned his back, she said, help me. And she's like, what? She was like, help me. You know, and so they took her into their room and uh, she said, oh my God, I've been, you know, kidnapped. And the, so they called the police. And by the time the police got there, that guy was gone. Because yeah. when he went back to the pool and they weren't there, he was gone. Yeah. And so that was her first like of trafficking, she had no idea. So my friend who, who uh, saw this girl and helped her out of the jacuzzi, she ended up finding out and became an advocate and her and her husband started a residential treatment center that, that uh, trafficker survivors can live in Santa Barbara called Hope Refuge. And it's the biggest uh, one, has the most beds in the United States. And so just, just hearing about it makes you feel like you have to do something. Well, I was going to ask, so how does, so now knowing that you're, so you're a spokesperson with them. Um, and like you said, once you get into this, you can't not do nothing. Mm -hmm. So what, um, I guess, understanding your course, cause I know for a lot, again, this is, if you're in California and you're listening to this, you need to go avoid a fee and avoid a fine, but also step up to the plate and take this seriously because this is a lot of people involved. Um, and so what does your course cover? How does this help with um, coming into compliance with that bill, along with, you know, going um, extra ways for hospitality staff to really, really make sure that they're taking care of their guests on their way all the way through? Right. So what, what, it, what it has on it is they, they, uh, they talk about what's human trafficking. There was that umbrella of human trafficking, the labor part and the, and the uh, sex trafficking part. And so my courses are all online. You can take them on your phone. You can take them on your computer. And so um, just, just understanding the exploitation of children on, on the big picture. 
and so the other thing is how to identify risks. Yeah. You know, if you have, a, if you have a kid that's beat up and, and looking like they're, you know, really drunk and, and all that, the kind of the indicators that, that we had talked about. And so, um, and so also what's the role of hotels now in the hospitality industry? What, what's your role and what are, what, what are you, um, you know, what can you be charged with and what can you, and what can you do and how can you mm -hmm. can make a plan? Because it is, it is becoming where um, the hotels and the hospitality industry can be, can be really uh, fine and, and, and yeah. it's really big. So, um, so we want them to know what to look for. And, and there's an overview of what is trafficking? How does this all work? Yeah. And, you know, and so it's really different. It's changed even since the years I've been in here. You had your trafficker, similar, like a pimp. You had your, um, your, your uh, um, victim, and mm -hmm. then you had your buyer. And so it, that's changing too. So the profile of a buyer is a, a middle-aged white male married with three kids executive. That's, the, the, that's, you know, it's who you wouldn't think. And that's typically who your buyer is. And so now what's happening is they're starting to, um, and this came out of that Epstein case, yeah. that, that they're starting to have recruiters. And it puts, it, it puts the um, distance between the trafficker. So like when Epstein recruited some of those high school girls to recruit their friends. And so that's becoming a popular way to traffic now. That, that, that they can recruit their friends at school and say, hey, you want to make some extra money? You can be part of the popular group. And so that's really hard. So, and then I also um, created courses for teachers because it's by law they need to know as well. And then for parents. In California, they have it to where the, um, the, the kids in junior high up have to be educated in trafficking. Well, the parents need to be educated. If, if their kids are going to get this information, they, they really need to know. Yeah. So, so you know, that, that whole education piece. So, and then it's a lot of what to do, um, hotline numbers, um, how, how it all works out, and, and you know, the signs, the indicators, mm -hmm. what, what appearance-wise. And, and so it's just to, to, to them to, to look like it could look like this, it could look like this. And then with the course, when they're, when they're done, the course completely covers all the mandates of the law. And then, um, and then when they're complete, they, they get an automatic certificate of completion. And that the, the hospitality um, or the, the HR of the hotel gets a record of it. And so it's pretty easy record keeping. And that, that's why I did it like this way, because I wanted them to be able to do it fast. Mm -hmm. you, within a week, you could probably have your whole hotel, man, you know, in compliance. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. And then I just started, I started thinking about the hotels and that, gosh, this law and how can they do it quick? And, and I knew that if I made the course, I would do it with, with that information. It wouldn't, it wouldn't, it would be full what it needs to be, what needs to be in there. And so, um, yeah, and so it was funny because I, I didn't even know about the law and it was in December, a couple of days, you know, before New Year's mm -hmm. and I saw it on the news. You know how they show the new laws coming up? Yeah. And so I thought, I got to jump on that. For sure. And, and created the, the um, traffickingawareness.org. And, um, and so I'm an educator 
you know, I'm an educator. I'm not like a vigilante. I'm not going after traffickers, you know, I'm not a, a stakeout, like cold yeah. coffee and Cheetos or, you know, <laughs> I, that, that's not, I think we all have a part in it that we can mm -hmm. help. And I know this is what I can do. I can help educate and, and raise awareness. Yeah. So, yeah. It, that's where it all starts. And then I think, you know, with taking the information that you provide on the show and then also on your, your site, really just goes into taking action. That's one thing I think I've learned in my life when it, when it comes to anything, you know, when it comes to making a business or starting a podcast or building relationships or whatever is taking action and, and pulling the trigger and actually doing instead of just, right. it, it's good to be informed and educated, but what are you going to do with it? Right? Like right. how are you going to use it to benefit yourself or your company or your team or your guests? You know, there's a lot of stuff that it takes. It takes triggers to be pulled. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm talking like the yeah. triggers of, of using these educational yeah. tools, tips and tricks. And really, I think, you know, becoming is hard because I think of all the other like industry issues, right, that we're dealing with, with COVID, but then also the high turnover employee rates in the hotels and hospitality as a whole is already, you know, pre-COVID, post-COVID is something that's been an issue in the industry. And so having to continue it's, it's not getting everyone educated at once and then just saying we're good and compliant. It's continuing the education, continuing right. to be updated, continuing to take action when it's needed. You know, there's, it's a, there's an on, I always say like the podcast is an ongoing conversation, right? People always ask me, how can you talk about hospitality so much? Well, it's an ongoing conversation. Mm -hmm. And then for this, this is an ongoing learning tool. This is an ongoing issue that is always going to be a mm -hmm. part of the industry. So not always a part of the industry, but like, you know, I'm saying this is always going to be something that's going to be, uh, you have to be on top of, you can't just, right. you know, get complacent right. with it. So I think it's really important. And I think, you know, obviously if you're in California and you're listening to this, which a uh, fun fact for you, Judy, 75% of my audience is in America and the majority of the listeners in America that listen are in California. There so you if you guys are the, you are the majority listening right now. You need to start hopping on this. And I've, of course, linked everything into the show notes, like always. Um, and I'll put everything into like Facebook and Instagram and all the other stuff that we do. Um, but I just really think that this is a, this is a hard topic. This is a very, mm -hmm. you know, sensitive topic with a lot of people. I know we all come from different backgrounds and experiences and cultures and all this other stuff, but this is something that needs more light. So I just really wanted to say that, you know, thank you for reaching out and being uh, open to discuss this because it's, again, like I said, it's not easy. It's not easy for me as a, as an uncle, as a brother, as a, you know, anybody as a human to just know that this is happening under our noses. And um, so, yeah, it's just, thank you. Seriously. And thank you for the opportunity. You know, when, when you can get people aware, that's when we get advocacy and that's when, when we get change. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. And then when you, if you knew these, these survivors, you can't not do something. Exactly. Well, really I think that'll, that'll be the title of the episode. You cannot not do something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Well, I was going to say, do you have any final thoughts or, you know, shameless shout outs or, you know, little things that you would like to conclude the episode into the audience? Well, another thing too is, you know, parents, I have a whole different class for parents that, that want to talk to their kids about it. And, and for teachers, it's not, it's not, of course, around, the, around a hotel, it's more around school and a lot about the internet. Mm -hmm. um, a big percentage of our kids are lured in by the internet. 
And so that's how our, how our kids get in, into trafficking. And so I also have um, those available. And, and, you know, the course isn't just for people who live in California too, but it does, yeah. is the compliance. Yeah, for every, sure. I think everyone should be, um, should be doing that every, every hotel. And the other thing is, you know, with this COVID again, yeah. used to be, um, you know, doing conferences and, and some people, they are like, I don't know about the, about the online stuff and doing online webinars about trafficking, whatever, whatever it takes to get the word out there, you know, whatever it takes. Yeah. And there's a lot like, and what we've learned, you know, I've been doing zoom, you know, recordings for a long time, you know, for the podcast sake, but I think a lot of hotels and other, you know, hospitality businesses are starting to pick up on webinars and other things like that. But there's a bunch of other tools for hotels and staff and teachers and families to use, to use these platforms online um, in a sense to pass down information, to literally create as a funnel for direct, you know, um, what do you call it? Direct distribution of, of this information. And so, yeah, don't be afraid to use it because I, I love Zoom for webinars or mm -hmm. other things, but you can create so many things really quickly and really effectively. Um, and right. there's a lot of hospitality companies I know, you know, in, in the space that, uh, you know, video trainings and other things like that, you can create your own material and pass down right to your staff and then automatically, you know, so they could take your course and automatically distribute it or do something like that. You know, this is a, there's a lot of things out there. So um, yeah. really, I think it's just, it's, it's too easy to, I would say it's too easy not to do this again at the same time, like super, it's right there. It should be, boom. Right. And, and you know, and the bigger your staff, the lower the prices. And it, it, when you have a really big staff, it's ridiculously low, but yeah. the goal is to get the awareness out there. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you, Judy, so much for being on the show. It's been a thank real you. pleasure to really get to meet you and get to know you and see what you're doing. It's amazing. Uh, so if you ever have any updates and you want to, um, you know, of course, let the, the audience know anything that's going on regarding this topic, I'm always going to be here. So you know where to reach me. And then, of course, Slick Talkers, check out the show notes. I'm linking everything in there. So Judy's website, Judy's everything will be in there. So go ahead and, and go ahead and check it out. Make sure that you are compliant, but also being aware. And thank you again, Judy, for being, being on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast, then you are amazing, and thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill-out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast.